When I scan somebody that has high blood pressure issues, I always recommend the Zona Plus. It's a device that you squeeze with your hand. It reminds me of a video game controller that the kids use, and it helps regulate your blood vessels. It was realized working with fighter pilots that when they were going mock, they were taught to grab the joystick in the cockpit and squeeze it really hard. And they realized that it was regulating some of those pilots' blood pressure. So they came up with that technology in a device that we can use at home. So give it a try. It's called the Zona Plus. And you can go to Zona, Z as in zebra, O-N-A dot com. And at your checkout, put in the coupon code, just put in Julie Ryan. All together, no space, and you'll get $50 off. So give it a try. Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm so delighted you could join us today. We've got Sitara Faye with us. Hey, girl. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, so delighted that you could take the time out of your busy schedule to give us some of it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let's just get right into it. You're a psychic medium who mentors and trains entrepreneurs. How'd that come about? So... <laughs> it took years. It took years. Um, the psychic medium part, I was I was born a medium and I did not know it really. I think if I look back, I had my first really profound mediumship experiences around the age of nine um, and still didn't know that that's what was happening. I was seeing spirits. I was seeing beings, but I wasn't uh, like, I just didn't have the capacity or the intellect to know what was happening. Um, and so my abilities and gifts got even stronger through high school, which I tried to numb and turn off through drinking and, you know, make it go away or smoking weed. Um, I say that casually because I know a lot of empaths fall into that trap. I know a lot of sensitive people that feel too much and really try to numb. So Again, that's it's it's why it's something that I just openly discuss um, right out the gate. And it wasn't until my early twenties that I really realized I was getting my degree in psychology. I really realized that there was something more to this world. I was on the dean's list, honor roll in psychology. I was I was understanding so much of that world, but I felt that psychology really closed off um, with spirit. It focused on mind and body. If it wasn't something that was measurable by technology or data, then it was considered woo-woo, like the human experience was woo-woo. And for me, it left no explanation for 
schizophrenia, left no explanation for multiple personality disorder, led no explanation really for saying that narcissism is incurable. I don't believe any of that. And even at that time, I think just on a deeper level, I knew that there was something more to it. Now, in the meantime, I was partying just as hard as I was on the Dean's list. And so I was like, I broke the system, you know, there's got to be something more. And so that's when I really started doing some deeper searching. And I found my way to a meditation class that they ended up calling Psychic Kindergarten. And when I started taking those classes, it was like I jumped on a bike that I didn't know I knew how to ride and knew how to ride it. It was like the questions that I had in my life started to become very answered. There were other people around me that experienced the world in a similar way. And so that alone was just, it was so refreshing. Then as we go further into that, there were some experiences that I had that in the psychic reading space, we were able to answer that psychology never in a million years would have been able to answer. And that's when I really just, I clicked in and I decided to focus purely on the psychic route rather than getting a counseling degree and going further with psychology. Um, And so that's the psychic part of it. The entrepreneur part came after I had some pretty wild success in my own business. Um, And also recognizing that on both sides of my family, everyone is entrepreneurs. So I think I had that, that kind of predisposition, that genetic encoding that helped me to see more around the business, the business development. Uh, And then of course, us creatives, the the business savvy thing, it's not necessarily ingrained in us. And so that's when I went, I want to do everything I can to help gifted and talented people who, who have a desire to support humanity, who have a desire to help people, who have a desire to own a healing retreat or you know, whatever it is, learn how to manage the money and the financial aspect of being able to actually make it a business because I see business as like the structure that helps move those dreams forward in this modern era. And so that's kind of uh, the cliff notes of how I got to where we are now. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So I got a lot, I got a lot of questions that have come out of that. I got a lot to unpack there. First of all, what was the thing that happened? What was the occurrence that happened when you were nine that really Mm. got your attention when you said, okay, there's more to the story here? Yes. Um, it, it was a really interesting experience, actually. My, So my parents split when I was younger. And so I was at my mom's house. Well, her and my stepdad had just built like a brand new tract home in the middle of the forest, really big house. Their bedroom was on one side of it. My bedroom was on the other. So I was nine years old. I was scared. I was scared to be sleeping on that side of the house by myself, um, just, you know, by that alone. But then I have such vivid memories of being, there was one night specifically, I was in my room and I could see two male figures in there and I refused. I was like, I cannot sleep in this room. Like there are two people in here. And you know, my, my stepdad's in there, he's like checking the closet and he's looking under the bed and he's like, no, there's not. And I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> like, I'm not making this up sort of thing. Um, and so that for me was the first real experience that I had. But again, at nine years old, I 
I didn't know what was happening, right? It was like, well, how am I seeing what I'm seeing? And how am I so convinced that that's what's happening? And so it wasn't actually until I got into the Institute and looked back at some of these memories and went, oh, that's what was happening. Like, that's where I know that's what was taking place. Well, I got in a lot of trouble that night because, you know, it turned into a tantrum, which turned into like a thing, which I'm sure we all know in childhood, it's not super fun, but I learned to shut down my abilities. I learned like, okay, well, if I'm using those or if I'm seeing that, then, you know, I think subconsciously I really did what I could to, to, to turn it off, which is futile. You just, you can't is what I've learned. And it's more fun when you actually open it up and learn to trust it. (laughs) Oh, I agree. My second question deals with when you were in school and you were studying psychology and you said that Mm -hmm. the textbooks and the professors don't explain what's happening with schizophrenics and multiple personality disorder people and other people with what we would consider to be severe mental illnesses or conditions. What have you learned from the psychic intuitive spiritual side about Mm -hmm. those different conditions that's not covered or understood from a medical perspective? Awesome. Well, thank you for asking because, uh, like I've said, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I I really do believe that it opens up a for a new conversation uh, around what is going on with multiple personality disorder and schizophrenia. Um, so I've actually had a client who came to me as a schizophrenic at this, at the time that he came to me, he had already actually done some work with a shaman. He had already been through the Western kind of clinical psychology route and of course, getting a diagnosis and feeling like that's the end of it, there's no way to cure it, but also being an intelligent human being and knowing you know, that there's something deeper was what inspired him to go see a shaman. Well, even back when I was you know, 20, 21, getting my degree in psychology, I just had this churning around schizophrenia of going, wait, there's something different going on here. And so I do see it as an entity interference. It's that There's some sort of external consciousness that is influencing the human being. So that's where it's like feeling like you're hearing voices. Well, as a medium, before we actually really get clear on what we are doing as a medium or receiving messages or channel guidance, it can oftentimes make us feel like we're going crazy or that we are kind of towing that line of schizophrenia because you hear voices. But I think the difference between paranoid schizophrenia is that their voices or there's an intrusion that is coming with kind of a dark agenda and it's coming from a bullying kind of place. And so that's where a lot of these entity influences can have a negative perception on the person that's receiving it. So for me around seeing a cure for schizophrenia or a cure for multiple personality disorder. And I do believe that multiple personality disorder is a little bit different. And I do want to talk about that as well. um, Because I think that one is actually way, 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 way more common than we actually have a grip on in this world. Um, And sometimes it just comes in in a very subtle way so that it's not as drastic as points of trauma. Um, but ultimately, I do see that when we go to 
when we go to the root of what's happening, is there a tear in the aura? Is there a tear in the psyche? Is there a karmic agreement? Are these soul lessons that that particular being that came into the body that's experiencing schizophrenia, is that their path to ascension to be able to master this kind of communication with the other, with the unseen world? I think there's so many different elements that we can actually gather so much information from in studying schizophrenia rather than just putting people on lithium and putting them in a home and saying like, well, that's, that's it. That's how we're going to handle these people, which to me, I think is just such a, it's such a dead end of a wealth of information and a wealth of knowledge to be able to actually find out what's going on and approach it more with curiosity than with fear. Um, so that's that's one thing I like to look at. <laughs> I wonder if a lot of people who and it seems to be more women than men in the and, and I don't I don't know what the statistics are, but it seems mm-hmm. to me when I hear about mental illness and people that are being institutionalized, it's more women than men. Is that what's been going on with them throughout the ages and they just didn't know what to do with them. So they locked them up into the mental institutions and they just said, okay, she's hearing voices and she's, and then they put them on drugs, which make them just lethargic in some cases. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if that's really what's been going on. I think a lot of women had just depression issues and, and Mm -hmm. hormonal issues and were having perhaps that was contributing to their bipolar what we would call bipolar now, we used to call manic depression. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was a lot of what happened and these women were, especially women, were put into these state and state mental institutions for the rest of their lives. It's so sad. It, it is sad. And I think that's where I, I got a passion for it. And ironically enough, I actually, the the people that I personally know that have been diagnosed with schizophrenia are all males. Um so that's that's interesting, oh. but I do like I'm specifically talking about paranoid schizophrenia, people that are having experiences with hearing voices that are maybe influencing their actions or choices or behaviors, where they're feel they're like almost living in the unseen world and in this world, but only people that can see the third dimension are seeing what's going on and going, well, they're crazy because they're, they're having these connections. Well, as a channel, as you know, as a medium, if I talk to a clinical psychologist, that says, well, that's not really technically allowed or that scene is crazy. I'm sure a lot of mediums would be institutionalized based on what they're seeing or experiencing, but that's also channeled information. So like what you're like, this is where I have so much compassion for people that are sensitive that have not been able to really get a hold of their abilities is because it can, like you're saying, make them feel crazy. And especially women, like you are bringing up a good point as far as like the witch trials. And absolutely. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I recently saw a meme the other day that it was (laughs) I mean, it's kind of satirical and it's kind of funny, but it's also not. It's the meme was 
oh, you know, it says woman and then in quotes. So I was thinking, and then it's a picture of a man pointing at her and going, witch, and like calling her out as, as a witch because it was a woman that was thinking. And it's like, yeah, did that hysteria get absolutely just blown up? And from also my perspective around indoctrination from the programming that we have with the school system and looking at like, why are we hyper-focused on this magnifying glass on the Salem witch trials. To me, there's still an underlying tone of really showcasing women that have a attunement to nature and women that have an attunement to the unseen world and women that are oracles. We have the ability to communicate between worlds because we house babies. And the consciousness of a baby is an infinite being before it comes into this world. And actually, as it comes into this world, we are all infinite beings. We are all multidimensional beings. And so women, when she's housing a baby, it, it's like she's walking in that in-between world anyway, naturally. So that's why we're built a little bit differently. That's why women have a strong sense of intuition. That's why we have this connection. And that's also why I believe in the society that we're in and the programming that we are indoctrinated with. It cuts a lot of that off because it offers access to our genuine innate power. And when humans are genuinely connected to their innate power, they're not easily manipulated. They're not easily controlled. They're not like, they don't kind of form into line of being able to see what's actually going on in this world. I completely agree. And the most of the women that were burned at the stake were healers also. Mm -hmm. And they were burned and prosecuted and persecuted by some of the most learned men in Europe. It was just nuts. And here in America as well. And so it's it's been really interesting. A friend of mine, Perdita Finn, has written a lot about this and has done a lot of research on this. And I had her on the show a few months ago. And that's a really interesting conversation. If those mm -hmm. of you that are listening are more interested in hearing, or if you're interested in hearing more about this, back to the multiple personality disorders. And, and this is a direction that I had not even thought about going in, but it's piquing my interest. So I want to stay on mm -hmm. it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. The, the thing about that is, person that's interpreting the information coming in from spirit, it's been my experience, Sitara, that all spirits are pure love. And the and when we get information, it's our prerogative to interpret it in a way based on our frame of reference. So when somebody gets information like in a multiple personality disorder, is there a chemical thing happening? Is there some kind of a biological thing happening that causes them to interpret information from spirit in a way that can be harmful for them? I'd like to explore that for a minute. I cannot speak to the chemical uh, responses that happen when a person shifts personalities, but I can speak to the spiritual implications and what I see from my perspective which that's where I believe mm -hmm. I am an expert in. You know, I've been doing this for a long time and being able to see this and especially working with trauma. Like I found my way to my healing journey because I had an extraordinary amount of pain in my body and I had a lot of trauma that I needed to heal. Um, and I, I do believe, I, I am a natural trans medium. So, the, and that's- What's that the, mean? What's that the, mean? 
So it's what Abraham does through Esther. It's what uh, Bashar does. And I always forget his name. But basically, it's that naturally, I can leave my body and I can welcome another entity into my body to trance channel. So the trance channeling is different than channeling and channeling is different than mediumship. So these are things that are obviously in more of like the advanced discussions around psychic awareness and and what we're doing on the energetic plane. But Can you explain those three different modalities uh-huh. for those yeah, of us absolutely. that So aren't mediumship familiar? mediumship to me is being able to communicate with a being that is outside of body. So that would include baby beings, loved ones who have passed angels. I love that you say all beings are of love. That has not been my personal experience. I have met a lot of entities and beings that uh, do not have our highest and greatest uh, intention at hand. Uh, And I do work with them in the same way of doing what I can to bring them to the light. Uh, But ultimately, that's more of what we'd be talking about with schizophrenia and with multiple personality disorder. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's mediumship. That's how I describe it, is being able to communicate with beings that are outside of the human form. Uh, Channeling would be being able to not only communicate, but to basically take information that, let's, let's say, Mother Mary. Let's say that there is somebody that connects with the energy of Mother Mary, which I do 100% genuinely believe is a part of our reality and is part of something that we can access. So she, as an ascended master and mentor, can come to us and we can channel that information from her and we can channel that information to a client or to the collective or to a blog or however we're sharing that information, right? Um, And that would be basically relaying information from another being that is coming to us or through us. I also believe that can come from our own higher self as well. So that's how I see it as channeling is we're we're tuning into their like walkie-talkie station and we're listening to what they're bringing through. The trance channeling is, like I mentioned, the consciousness that is me or the personality that is who I say as me is exiting my body. And, and this also happens more often than people think. Zoning out, blacking out when you're drinking, going unconscious, like when you're not there, you're leaving your body. When you're daydreaming or you're astral traveling, like we leave our body all the time and a lot of people are just unconscious to it. So that information um, or the trans-channeling, so I'm consciously leaving my body. And when I've been trained to do this, we're, we're trained like this is where you go, this is where you hang out. But then ultimately, we're receiving another entity. So Abraham, uh, Esther Hicks and Abraham through Esther is, I think, the most famous example of this. It's a, uh, Esther is allowing Abraham to come into her body and speak through her. So that's more than channeling. Channeling would be Esther staying in her body and going, Abraham is telling me this or he's showing me this. Um, and so there are quite a few famous trans channels out there as the example. So that would be the difference between them. When it comes to schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder, this is where it becomes a fine line between what we're talking about. So the way that I see, um, and are you good if I just keep going with this train of thought and shift into- Yeah, I am. One one thing about Esther and and Abraham Hicks is I've been to one of her events Uh And I 
And I went on a recon mission. I wanted to see what she was doing. I mean, I wanted to see, okay, can I see Abraham, whatever. And Abraham, to me, looks like seven spirit guides in a semicircle Mm -hmm. behind her. And when Mm -hmm. she moves on stage, they move with her. And when Mm -hmm. she goes to the other side, they go with her. And, And then I saw her late husband in the front row. I could see him. But I... I was getting, here's my perspective on what she was doing. They were with her and they collectively were giving her information that mm-hmm. she was then sharing with everybody. Mm-hmm. And and so it's been my experience as well that we're all part of the same energy. We're a fractal mm-hmm. of the divine, if you will, of source. Mm-hmm. And so the spirit guides and the entities show up in a way that we can perceive it from our human perspective. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it, it, this is fascinating. The other thing about the, the mental illness, if you will, you know, the schizophrenia and all of that, Chris Palmer is head of, of psychiatry at Harvard. Chris Palmer, MD. He's a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And he has found, and he's done some groundbreaking research, he has found that he can get 90% of his clients, he's calling it cured, and get them back functionally able to go to work, to reenter society. And some of these patients have been on disability for decades. And he does it with a ketogenic diet interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. And he claims that it's way more effective than the lithium and the other awful meds, you know, that they give psychiatric patients. And he's, he's done lots of research on it. And he says it not only if he can get them to do that for a year or two, this not only do the symptoms go away, but they don't come back multiple years going forward. So it's interesting that he's found such a heavy biological thing that he's able to rectify with a way of eating. I, I mm-hmm. find that fascinating. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've read any of his work or not. Are you not. familiar with him? No. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, um, You know, I mean, I'm thinking, I hope you have a security guard with you because Big Pharma is not going to be happy with you. (laughs) If this guy who's a world-renowned psychiatrist is saying, okay, I can get these people back functional with changing their diet, which certainly is part of the equation. So, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think with changing the diet and getting super clear is... Like one thing, drugs and alcohol of any kind, pharmaceuticals, whether you're calling marijuana use medicinal or alcohol, it's all influencing your spirit and how your spirit is associating with your body. And I would say 98% of the human population is completely unconscious to what's actually happening to them when they're drinking alcohol and when they black out. I have a video on YouTube. It's called drunk spirituality. And I actually talk about like what happens when a human being blacks out. And it's when you see them, you see a person and their eyes are completely different. You know, it's not them. You know, you're no longer looking at your buddy or your friend. And it's because, and why they literally don't remember anything is because their energy is popped out and another uh, spirit has come into their body. And then they're basically using their body 
to do whatever they want to do. And then when the alcohol wears off, they come out uh, and, you know, the person wakes up and goes, I have no memory of what happened last night. Well, there's an actual reason Hmm. for that, but that's not going to be in clinical psychology books. That's not going to be in these sort of, you know, clinical environments. And a lot of it is because I really don't think that we have the technology that can actually measure it. And because we don't have the technology that can measure it, it's seen as non-information. And to me, that's like that that's the biggest crutch that psychology has is going, well, the human experience is fallible, memory is fallible, and because we can't measure it and through research or technology, it doesn't exist. Well, no. <laughs> like, there's a lot that exists beyond what we can measure through technology. So when we talk, and, and I'm just bringing that up because Yeah, cleaning up the diet, clearing out dyes, clearing out sugars, clearing out any other types of toxins, even fake sugars. There's all sorts of things that mess up our biochemistry. And if we're clear and we're dialed in and we're, you know, seeing clearly, it's going to mitigate a lot of these problems completely. Um, But a lot of it has to do with becoming conscious of your own energy field, which the ketogenic diet is going to do anyway. Well, it's an interesting perspective because also it's been my experience that we're getting guidance all day, even in our sleep. I mean, like 24-7. And we are, most of us are totally unaware of that. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it takes something dramatic to just kind of slap us upside of the head and say, hey, girl, pay attention here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get some information to you. Slap upside the head is a figure of speech. Yeah. I live in the oh, deep south. It. They say that down here. Um, <laughs> I not do, literally. I do, to, but, I do want to talk a little bit more, though, about the, the multiple personality because this yeah, is... Please do. This is where there is such a wealth of information. And this, for me, when I learned what I'm about to share, was when the wheels really started turning for me. And I was going, I have to investigate this further. So when we learned in my abnormal psychology class about the multiple personality disorder, they called it dissociative, or I don't know if they call it dissociative identity disorder now, but um, the way, the thing that I heard that really piqued my interest was that from one personality, there was this woman that was interviewed. She had one personality that was like a five-year-old little girl. And this five-year-old little girl would have to wear glasses and she would have physiological, drastic physiological changes in her body. They also have this with multiple personality disorder where another personality would come in. And that's where I would say it's another spirit. It's another entity that's coming into this body. And I'll explain how I think this happens and why I believe this happens in a moment. But it's that they would have a different menstrual cycle or they would literally, the eyesight would change, certain things like that. And, and or the pers- or the handwriting changes, that is a huge indicator that there's another spirit that's operating your system. So for people who are avid journalers and they go, oh no, my my handwriting is different from day to day. Well, that's a pretty significant indicator that you have another personality that's running a script subconsciously, but the the change isn't so drastic that you're having like such a significant. Um, like gap in your own consciousness. And that's what I mean is like, they can be there without us knowing quite effectively and quite efficiently if we're not super clear on 
discerning our own energy and what else is operating our system. Is it possible, the thought that's coming into my head listening to you talk about this, there are there are several people out there who are so-called experts that believe that we live multiple lifetimes concurrently. Mm-hmm. And the thought came into my head of, do you think, certainly it's feasible, but I'd love to hear your take on this. Do you think that it's something where there are past lives that are involved and multiple lifetimes all happening concurrently and the person's not like shifting gears from a past life into a current life and back like a, like, you know, like a standard car with a clutch would do. Is, is that a possibility? Have you run into that? I do think that's possible. And yes, I have. Um, and also, so the, the, I want to elaborate this on this a little bit more, but I love what you're bringing in here too, is that the one thing that I saw consistently with the multiple personality disorder and in the, you know, the interviews and the videos and stuff that we're watching and learning from in class, some of them were pretty extreme. But one of, sure. one of the things that I really noticed was that they all had in common early childhood trauma. So either an extreme experience of rape, childhood molestation, physical abuse, any like things that were extremely jolting to the psyche. So the way that I see how this happens from an energetic standpoint, so if I'm reading and if I'm someone comes to me and I psychically read the event in which there was a split in their um, in their life, that, that from that moment forward, something was different. It's that. And especially if it's coming from a, uh, an abuse. So if abuse is happening and let's say somebody is in a rage state and they're taking it out on the child, chances are that that person also has an entity attachment, especially if there's alcohol involved. And this is what I mean. When we start getting into the unseen world, a lot of people go, I don't really want to look at that. So they'll put their blinders on and you know choose to not see it. But once you see it, you can't really unsee it. And so, especially in a moment of rage, just to use that as an extreme example, because I think it really drives the point home, is that the energy, let's say the inner, the innocent consciousness of the spirit that's in, let's say the four-year-old body will literally eject. And that's why a lot of people have memories of trauma that are actually outside of their body. They'll go, I remember the moment, but the moment is that I'm actually watching what is happening to my body, but I'm not remembering it like I'm in my body. Well, that's because that's where the consciousness Mm -hmm. is. So then, well, what's happening inside of the physical body? Well, what's happening inside of the physical body is that there's all of a sudden become a fault line in the consciousness of that person. And so because there's a fault line, there's basically an entry point. And that entry point comes in at that point of consciousness that then basically creates an access point in which that entity can anchor. And so then that person actually becomes a host for this entity. And that's where multiple personalities start coming in. And so the personality will oftentimes come in where where that same trigger point. So whether it's a trigger point of fear because somebody yelled at them too loud or something. And now we're talking about a 10-year-old, but that 10-year-old shifts gears into another personality. But oftentimes people aren't noticing it right? The, the teacher's not going to notice it. If the, if the child's still in an abusive home, the caregivers aren't going to notice it. They're just going to think, well, that's just, you know, a part of who they are, but they're not going to identify it as another personality or also an agreement now with an entity that needs to be reconciled. 
And so I actually just made a post on this on Instagram like this week uh, because in the last couple of weeks, I've had more and more more sessions with clients that are coming to me to reconcile and clear these karmic agreements with these entities so that you can live autonomously as a single individual in your body because you came in here to live one life, one experience in one physical form. But that's what I mean. Like this, these attachments and these agreements, they're far more common than we really give the acknowledgement to in this world. And also it's, it comes from the place of discernment and being super crystal clear with who you are, what your energy feels like you as a higher self consciousness, you as a higher self being. And that's what I would say, like what you were mentioning, we're getting guidance all the time. And yes, our, our higher self is, you know, in that infinite realm of possibilities at all times. And that higher self is us, but it's when our personality starts becoming aware of that multidimensional and infinite aspect of ourselves is when I really believe our human potential starts growing exponentially. And when our human potential starts growing exponentially, it becomes more of a, let's say, threat to the system, because then you have more empowered beings and more free thinkers and more people that become fully empowered to be able to see the level of manipulation that's going on, which does come from, you know, diet, what we're being fed, what kind of toxins are in our food and water, all of these things like dim that light. Um, and that, that's a whole other tangent. <laughs> but that's what I wanted yeah. to share with the multiple personality. And especially mm -hmm. the biological and the physiological change that happens. That was where I had the light bulb moment in my early 20s of going, if if that's possible, then that means our physical bodies and on a cellular level, we are far more malleable than we think, which means the disease or the stuck energy or the stuck emotions inside of our body are actually more energetic and more associated with the consciousness of where we're holding pain and all these other things. And that's when I really started getting onto more of a, a stronger quickening with my own trauma recovery and the, my own ailments that I had. Yeah. I, I keep the, the thing that keeps rolling around in my head is that this, there's a big component here in past lives because mm -hmm. it's been my experience again, working with thousands of clients that we have a script that we'll want to explore through multiple lifetimes and we'll mm -hmm. explore it from a different perspective, certainly a different time, a different gender, sometimes a different set of circumstances, but same basic script. Right. And so back to the multiple lifetimes happening concurrently. And I agree with you and I can see when spirits exit the body, not only when somebody's dying at the end of their lives, but also after anesthesia in other circumstances, I can see the spirit has is out of the body. And you alluded to astral travel and things like mm -hmm. that. I agree with you on that. The, the thing about the past life thing, there's a really big component here because what I'm getting is when the spirit from the fractal that's in this lifetime exits the body because of some kind of trauma, it's bringing in those past life experiences, perhaps as a different fractal in whatever the past life was mm -hmm. and exploring it 
from that perspective, perhaps momentarily, but what's happening is they're going, okay, this is why I'm here this time is to create out of this. This is something that's gone on for a long time in multiple lifetimes. And if in fact, these lifetimes are happening concurrently, who knows if they are, is it feasible to me? Yeah. Do I know for sure? No, I hear from spirit that it does. I don't understand it. I don't know that any of us ever will from our human perspective, but there's a, I'd be interested to hear, I don't know, in a year or two, taking on that little nugget and adding it to your repertoire of what's going on with a past life thing coming in here. I'm getting that so loud and strong. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So, if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. I could speak to it now. I could probably speak to it in a year as well, but I I do see what you're saying. And I like to piggyback that even onto what I was saying about schizophrenia. It's that like, that's what I mean by the soul contract. It's that if, if that spirit is coming in and that spirit has a soul contract or an agreement, like this is, this is what the specific path of ascension is going to be. And also there are karmic loops from unfinished business as, as a medium. And let me know if, if you've seen this too, in speaking with enough, um, humans that have passed and like have passed recently, let's say within the last two years, I have learned very much so that unfinished business very much is a thing. It's that if that being or if that human being did not really tie up their loose ends in this lifetime, then there's still like a window of opportunity in when they when they leave their body to do what they can to send messages and to clear forgiveness and to like to actually do visitation dreams, all sorts of things to help them kind of clear, clear those loops to, so to speak. But to what you're saying is also like very dramatic. So I think it, like to stay on the dramatic point, right, of, of an extreme trauma point, let's say that spirit is actually reconciling, like you're saying, a memory, a loop of something that happened previously that let's say is around empowerment or breaking a slavery loop or breaking some sort of story. I I would completely agree with you on, on that, that like it, 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 and it, it doesn't have to be like an either or, right. It's like that both simultaneously very much can be true. And even that the, um, that let's, this is what I mean by the agreements, the agreements with these beings. So for instance, the, the removal that we just did this last week, it was so powerful, so strong, but I was seeing how this entity was evoking sleep paralysis in this person's girlfriend. 
And so she was sensitive. She was feeling it. The entity was actually plugged in and hosted onto him from a trauma point. But when we really got into it, and this this being was relentless, it did not want to leave. It was threatening me. I had sleep paralysis the night before. Like it was quite aggressive. And so we're there. We, we call in a team. We had Archangel Michael there. We had Mother Mary. We we had the team that was supporting us. And also my intention when I do these kinds of extractions or releases is also how can we take care of this entity to bring them into the point of their journey where they're focused on the light and they're focused on their healing as well. And what we were able to see with him, at one point I was guided to encourage him to hold himself as a baby. And I said, as you're holding yourself as a baby, fresh out of the womb, what do you see? And he said, I'm seeing little dark spots inside of my heart. And I said, okay, well, if it feels right to you, uh, go ahead and ask Mother Mary if she can hold you as a baby and just witness and see what happens. And so as she's holding his um, baby spirit, but this is also the thing, I do believe in time travel as far as what you're saying. And and I have all sorts of stories around that as well that I'm, I'm more than happy to share if we have time, um, but that our our future self can come back and be our guardian and guide in that moment that we don't realize until we hit that point in our, in our lifetime where that, where we go back to that point. And so that's what I believe was happening here is that he was witnessing himself as a higher self guardian guide, clearing out these little things. And so as mother Mary was holding him as a baby spirit, he was clearing out those karma imprints that came with him from past lifetimes they came with him. He was able to see them. And since then I've gotten notes from him and his girlfriend. They're like, we feel so much better. The energy is clear. These certain things have changed. And it was, it was instantaneous for them, but it was also because that full agreement had to be reconciled, whether you call it karma or a contract or whatever it is, it had to come to a point of completion. And that point of ascension, the healing for me, for him, for everyone else that was in our advanced psychic development class, for us now, for the listener, you know, it's like a wealth of information that part of that contract actually is the light side of illumination that brings us into a greater awareness of what's going on fully in the multidimensional field and what our capabilities are around influencing past, present, and future simultaneously. It's been my experience also in talking with thousands of spirits over the years that <laughs> there, you know, there is no right or wrong, good or bad in the on the spirit plane. It's mm-hmm. all just an experience. We judge things as right or wrong, good or bad from a human perspective, and we need to because that's how we create. We create out of the contrast when we know what we don't want. It helps us create what we do want. And I think everything that you're talking about ties in with that. You know, Mm -hmm. we look at something from our human perspective as, oh, my God, that's horrific. And in spirit, they're going, this is interesting. I wonder what she's going to do to create out of this situation. Oh, isn't Mm -hmm. that fascinating? Wonder wonder how she's going to change this. What's she going to what revelations are going to come to her or him or whomever and all of that, which I think is interesting. Wow. We could spend hours on this, but let's change directions here and talk about some of these other things. You, you, you're you just a plethora of information here, girl. Let's see what else. Um, when you talk about we all need to take responsibility for our own lives, 
Do you believe that we create victimhood or some of us just come in with bad luck or have bad luck in our lives? Luck is a funny concept. Luck to me is a funny concept. I like to play with the affirmation, you know, I'm so lucky, always in the right place at the right time. But as far as do I believe that we come in with bad luck or not, I, I, I personally believe that we do come in choosing our path and we do come in choosing our parents. We do come in. And, and part of that is because I have had access to the memory in which I chose this life. I remember being a spirit. I remember being surrounded by like, I would say like a council, we were all in energetic form. And I remembered the opportunity for a life coming into the space, almost like coming in from the floor, but it was like the bottom of the space. And I remembered stepping forward and saying, I will choose that one. I that's the one that I choose. And I like when I had that memory, there were points of my childhood and memories that came up that was like, remember that remember that remember that that was all associated with this choice. This is why you had those experiences. This is why this happened. Um, you know, there was a reason I sought out healing at the at 20 and 21. There was a reason I was going to get a psychology degree. I had a lot of trauma that I had to reconcile. And I think that's true for a lot of healers because that's how we learn to heal. We learn to heal ourselves. We learn how to be in the quantum field. A couple that I really look up to and admire is um, Teal Swan and Kaya Ra. They, as oracles and people who help other people heal, their early childhood years was like atrocious. And also, it's like that point of trauma was what opened them to see how paper thin the 3D reality in this life really is when you start traversing between you know, multiple dimensions of consciousness and multiple dimensions of awareness, you start to see how malleable we actually are in this third dimension. Um, and so... Yeah, it's like that. Do we come in with luck or do we come in with bad luck? I believe that we come in with the agreements that are going to help us ascend and the agreements that we make as a spirit before we come into this body. That's what I personally believe. And I know there's, you know, all sorts of different beliefs uh, yeah, around I, that. I agree with you on all of that. I like to say that we choose where we're born, when we're born, to whom we're born, and the circumstances into which we're born so that our lives can have a basic trajectory that will allow us to explore and experience the things things that we want to come in and explore and experience. And I believe where free will comes in is, let's say you want to teach. Well, there's 50 billion ways that you could teach. You know, you could be a teacher in a classroom. What are you going to teach? Who are you going to teach? You can be mm -hmm. a corporate teacher. You can be a teacher as a parent. You can be a teacher as a dog trainer. It's endless. And we, yeah. that's where free will comes in. How do we explore all of that? I agree. You talk about how raising our frequency can increase our income. I want to hear more about that. I am a serial entrepreneur. I have founded nine companies in five industries in 30 years. So oh, I love that. <laughs> it's, is, it a, is it a DNA thing? Is it a nature or nurture? Forbes magazine did a, an article, a great article, probably 20 plus years ago. And they had Dylan Lauren, Ralph Lauren's daughter, who has mm -hmm. the Dylan's candy bar. She's got candy stores in a lot of big cities. And it turns out that Carnegie Mellon did a study on this and they found that there is a genetic predisposition to uh, people 
being more willing to take risk as entrepreneurs. Most people are risk averse and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are more willing to take risks that most people would not take. And, and I do not come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I am a crazy serial entrepreneur wildcatter. So I believe that it's, you know, is it a DNA thing? Certainly somebody in my lineage was self-employed and it's come to, you know, land on my shoulders because I certainly didn't see it when I was growing up. My parents had regular jobs and so did my grandparents. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? How can we, what, what are you teaching about how we raise our frequency and it can increase our income? Can you give us a little bit of a snippet on that? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And to what you're saying, I do believe it's, it's nature and nurture. Like the reason why, like you're saying about picking your lane around teaching, the reason I feel called to this one, it is, it, it is my purpose in the sense that I have tried to get away from it. You know, I've gotten some bumps and bruises. I'm as I'm sure you have being an entrepreneur, like we are a rare breed, just, just in that thought alone, you know, aside from right. any energetics, just being an entrepreneur and going, I have an idea. I want to make it happen. I will not take no for an answer. Like it's a very specific mindset that you have to be in to, to come up with an idea and see it come all the way up off the ground. Cause most people stop. And that really is the difference between success and failure. You know, scientifically proven the one thing that, that differentiates, differentiates it is grit. It's just not stopping. You just don't stop until you actually see that success. Now, I'll talk about myself specifically and how I, I started to see this and learn this around the genetics. I actually had um, a good friend who was more a medical medium. And my abilities can come up in that every now and then, you know, because I see, I see the energetics of things. But it's not, it's not my strongest suit. You know, people, people ask me reading pregnancies that it's not my strongest suit. It's just not where I have the most accuracy, but where I feel that I have the most accuracy and encouragement and uh, best qualities as a coach is specifically around this. And so with my friend that was a medical medium, she was able to see that. But then I also learned that her dad was a doctor. I go, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, that's why you have that predisposition. There's that information that's coming through the genetic lineage and biosmosis and all of that. Okay, well, that makes sense. Well, and yes, I I was pickled in the environment of my mom starting a business and my, you know, father's side, they're in mining and construction. So it's not necessarily like entrepreneurialism in the coaching field. It's just literally, I watched people around me starting businesses and doing their own thing. Well, in human design, I'm a four, six manifester, which means I'm here to design like things on the leading edge. It's, it's part of that encoding. Uh, when it comes to gene keys, my top life purpose code is super abundance. And that super abundance isn't just like for me to be wealthy. It's actually to teach that information as it overflows. So naturally in my life, I've had a lot of challenges with finances. It actually hasn't just been like, woo, I get to come and be rich and have a great experience, right? It's that, that, you know, the universe and my soul's encoding has been, we're going to teach you about money by experiencing every single facet of what money has to teach. 
And sometimes that is, you know, going into debt, having to ask for help, trying to figure this piece out, trying to figure that piece out, you know, being in Bali during the pandemic and seeing poverty and, you know, people losing their homes and being, it's like, what I've experienced specifically by means of being exposed to different financial experiences has been a lot. And so where I feel like I'm at in my particular point in my life is actually bringing the culmination of all those life experiences together and going, okay, I see how we're going to swim our way out of this. I see how we're going to swim our way into the leading edge of, you know, the, the greatness that humanity has the potential to embody the anchoring of heaven on earth reality, the anchoring of pulling all this together. Part of my background and experience has been in, um, I got, I love that you said free will. And this is why I like, I, I sparked a little bit of it because I see free will, destiny and fate as all going hand in hand. Like the combination of those three coming together is really, really strong. And so I would say by fate, I got pulled into global crypto projects. I was not looking for them. Spirit was telling me something was going to come into my life. It showed up Well, I stepped into it. The first round absolutely upended my entire life. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong horribly so. And I learned so much. Um, and this was after I had the success in, in my business So then I'm going, okay, well, this is interesting. But because of that life implosion, I ended up being in Bali during the entire pandemic. So I learned, okay, well, that's why that happened. Things had to go wrong so that I was actually put in like a a safe zone, a safe incubator, while the rest of the world went through a a crazy experience. So there was a lot of um, just a lot of learning for me in nurturing what is my own path and what is my own passion and what am I here and specifically designed to teach. So using that, you know, information to answer your question, is it nature or is it nurture? Well, I believe that I'm here to be a teacher to nurture those abilities in people, to nurture the let's, I I heard this recently and I love it. It's let's master the number eight. The first time I heard it, I'm going like, what does that mean? (laughs) But it's mastering the number eight is mastering the energy of money in this world. That to really be in our highest vibrational potential is to have unlimited resources to be able to create as our soul naturally wants to create, to have a thought and to bring it into reality. Well, in this world, part of that is having the financial resources to be able to do that. Well, then that means that's a part of our energetic mastery towards ascension. And that's how I see it. And that's why I focus on growing a soul-centered business is that I don't teach people how to pick a product and how to sell it on Amazon. I don't believe that that's soul aligned. It's how do you find something, right? That is like aligned with your soul's calling and then bring it out into the world. That is one of the most vulnerable things that you can do, as I'm sure you know. And then not only that, it leaves no stone unturned. It's like it is such a fast path to ascension because you can't be a a wealthy entrepreneur and to overcome obstacles and be a victim at the same time. You have to overcome like the victim mentality. You have to overcome the martyr mentality. You have to be able to ask for help. You have to heal hyper-independence. Like you have to heal all of these childhood wounds to actually experience the ascension of your ability to create freely. 
And so that's where that for me is what I get really passionate about in working with soul-centered entrepreneurs who want to create something that's aligned with their purpose, which as you mentioned, I'm like, I'm sure you know the territory well. (laughs) I do. And it's fascinating (laughs) to me that that I was in the medical supply business on the hospital supply side of the equation for 30 years. And I'm an inventor and former manufacturer of surgical devices sold throughout the world. Some of them have been on the market for 30 years and they're still being sold. So I have patents and trademarks and stuff like that with a communications degree. People go, well, how'd that work? Right. It was before I learned woo-woo. I saw I saw a problem. I came up with a solution. I've always trusted that the people I need to show up, show up right when I need them. And people say, well, were you a doctor? No. Were you a nurse? Were you a medical provider? No. Were you an engineer? No, but I can hire really good engineers. And that's what I did. I'm the idea girl. Here's how it needs to work. Draw it mm-hmm. up. Let's figure out how we're going to manufacture this. Having said all that, after being in that industry for all those years, I scan people medically every day that I work. I'm like a human MRI. I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, cancer, whatever. I watch energetic healings all day. Some of them emulate what I saw in the operating room for all those years. Some of them utilize new devices and methodologies that haven't been invented yet. Regardless of what I'm seeing, I get information downloaded into my head and describe it to my client, or if it's somebody who's calling into my show on my Thursday night call-in show, because Mm -hmm. if we can envision what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, it helps integrate the healing into the body. So I know that I was led for 30 years on that path so that I could be where I am now and help people all over the world heal in addition mm-hmm. to talking to their dead grandma and their cat and their, you know, tell how close to death somebody is, and do past lives and the whole buffet of psychicness thing. And did I know anatomy really well? No, I bought a really big book with full color pictures and I'd get, okay, the, I'm, we're working on the gallbladder and I'm seeing this. And then I'd, I'd get off the phone and I'd go, this is early on. And I'd go look up what's a gallbladder look like. Does mm-hmm. it match what I was seeing in my mind's eye? So I was learning that stuff. I was led to say, okay, I need to get an anatomy book and I need to learn. So now, I mean, I get the information downloaded into my head when I have somebody on my radar, but I know what a kidney looks like. I know what yeah. a spleen looks like. I know what all these body parts look like. So I completely re- agree with you that we're on a trajectory and everything that we've experienced in our lives has led us to this moment in time. And every moment in time that everybody experiences since the beginning of creation is valuable because it'll never happen again. You and I will never have this discussion at this moment in time about this topic ever again. And all this information goes into the collective consciousness And then we can pull in whatever we need. How does a girl in her mid-20s invent a device used to collect blood and put the patient's own blood back in them during total joint surgery? I tapped into that collective consciousness. I was able to pull it in. This was long before I knew how to do woo-woo because I did not. 
everybody has the ability, but I like to say, I didn't have dead people chasing me since childhood. I learned how to do all this stuff and then I teach people how to do it. So I agree with you on all of that. Yeah, I, I got really excited there because it's like, there's one of the things that I really like to express to people is that we all have natural innate psychic abilities And the only reason people don't believe they have them is because they don't know what they are. Once you learn what they are, so like you're naturally using them, you're going, I'm seeing this image. Okay, it's coming in through claircognizance, coming in through crown, you're envisioning it through clairvoyance. It's, you know, you don't need me to spell it out. But you know, for the listeners, it's like, there's so many things that we are naturally doing because we are multidimensional beings. And the way that I like to describe it is that this is actually a perfect example is that like you didn't know that you had a stomach until somebody shared with you and told you that you had a stomach and like taught how the digestive system works. Well, I believe the same is true for the energy body is that once you start to learn that you have meridian channels and you have ways that energy flows through your body and you have an aura and your aura can have rips or your aura can have tears in the same way your body can have a scrape. It's like there's certain things that we just simply, you don't know until you know. And so a lot of psychic development, I even say, is like learning what the psychic abilities are to naturally know what your strongest abilities that you are naturally using are. And then what I do is it's like pulling a thread. It's just encouraging the awareness of that strongest, most natural ability that will then open up the rest of them. I, and it makes I it agree. And I... I I find in my classes that I teach that there's, I teach that there's always a correlation with how we learn. And that mm-hmm. is going to correlate with how psychic information and intuitive information is going to come in initially. And then you develop yep. the other skills too. The other thing is everybody's a healer because we've all been with little children who've fallen and are crying and they got a boo-boo and we kiss the boo-boo and we pat them on the head, give them a hug. And the boo-boo is good then, you know, they go off and they play. I mean, that's healing. Just Mm -hmm. being able to do that is somebody being a healer. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, it's all the same thing. And I think I don't get wound up in the clairs. I'm like, whatever. I, it's weeds to me. I don't want to get lost in the weeds. Let's cut to the chase. I'm a businesswoman. What do you want to know? We're going to get you the information. Here's how we do it. And um, it, it works for people. That's great. I, I'm just like, okay, here's how you, here's, here's how we can do it. Let's figure out how you learn. Let's figure out how the information is coming into you. Let's help you develop it. Everybody can do it right out of the chute. You're doing it all day long. You're just not even aware of it. Exactly. Next question. Exactly. What what are what are light codes and how do they affect our DNA? Ooh, I love this one. So I went from not speaking light codes at all to within a matter of 10 minutes, a full-blown hundred percent activation. It knocked my socks off. What is a light code? A light code is, let's say, if we're going to break it up into a single code, (laughs) it would be, I would say, synonymous with a uh, syllable in language. 
So one light code would be maybe one syllable. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there's semantics around that. Um, but light codes would then be um, streams of information that are going to speak from my soul to your soul. So it goes straight heart to heart. It bypasses the egoic consciousness. So similarly, to use this conversation as an example, you know, I say claircognizance and you're like, let's throw out the clairs. I'm like, great, I'm on board. Let's throw out the clairs. But it becomes a, a, a semantic between language that the ego is trying to like massage or kind of manipulate, right? And then it's like we can get caught in the cogs of the wheels where it's like, okay, what's like, yeah, we can get there. But at some point it turns into splitting hairs. And we can do this in on all sorts of different topics. I could say, you know, create a grounding cord from your root chakra and someone will be like, well, I create one from my soul star chakra at the bottom of my feet or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and so the thing with the light codes, right? It's like, it's all semantics, right? But the thing with the light codes is that it completely bypasses the egoic consciousness. So at that point, mm-hmm. the mind cannot detest what's happening. And it go and I found it is the strongest, most simple, most effective, fastest way to connect soul to soul. So when we're also talking about what does it do to our DNA? Well, I am one of, I think, many that was taught in biology that 96% of our DNA is junk DNA. That didn't make sense to me when I was 16. It doesn't make sense to me now that the DNA that we have is holding the encoding of our ancient lineage. So the way I see it is that when we are conceived, we get mom's DNA, we get dad's DNA, and then we also get our soul's DNA, which would be, you know, those of us who are born with luck or those of us who are born with certain karma that is separate from our parents. But we have all three of these strains that come in and make up the encoding of our DNA. Well, as we go through school and we learn that your imagination isn't real and we learn to follow in line and we learn to basically be indoctrinated to exist in a system that is created to serve a very small population. Well, I believe that that's when like our DNA just stays dormant. And the DNA, what I mean specifically with that is like memories from Atlantis, memories from Lemuria, or memories from the 1800s, which also, if time is all happening simultaneously, is also the access points that we have to our parallel lifetimes and our parallel realities that are happening simultaneously. So the light codes turn on the information that actually invites you and allows you to consciously traverse that field. So it helps you to remember your ancient memories, uh, your past lives on Atlantis. A lot of this has been coming up lately based on um, like the imprints that we have around fallen or, or fallen civilizations or the mass failure of civilizations. Um, There's a lot of that encoding because we're seeing similar time, like similar things that are happening in our current reality, our current earth reality right now that paralleled the beginning of the fall of those civilizations. So that's where I believe a lot of people are having these internal stressors or internal anxieties that they can't quite put their finger on. And it's some of those DNA encodings that's like coming up to be 
reviewed and as I see upgraded into, well, let's choose a different timeline for humanity. Let's choose a different opportunity. Let's choose a, a space where we do heal. That's also why I believe a lot of people are starting to come online with their light codes. Uh, I've seen in the last couple of years, more and more and more and more people that are actually being activated in light language, which the way that I see it is just that we're at a point in humanity's consciousness where we're more and more ready to evolve as a collective species into a new way of being, which as I see it would be the embodiment of the fifth dimensional reality, but in the physical world that, and I would call that heaven on earth, that we are cultivating and anchoring heaven on earth in this reality, which is peace for all living beings, joy for all living beings, the ability to create uh, in community, the ability to create for humanity, that that is a consciousness, uh, an energetic frequency. I do believe it is embedded into the genetic structure of all of us, the divine genome, like you're saying, the fractal of source. That that's what this tattoo is right here for me too. And my brand Monad, it's all about that. It's, it's the specific, unique encoding the divine genome or the, the God code. There's so many different, you know, terms for it, but ultimately it is that it's that we're waking up that ultimate encoding within us that is divinely connected to source consciousness, to source frequency, to bring that encoding into this living third dimensional reality. And I see that as that is the evolution of the great awakening that we're living in now. And that light codes, and as we speak light language, is basically going into the, the mainframe of the system and turning on those genetic memories, turning on those DNA memories. And Dr. Joe Dispenza is doing phenomenal work to be able to scientifically prove what I'm saying <laughs> and that it is actually happening already. And we do have the technology because the people that are skeptics want to see the technology and the research and all of that. Well, it's also here. And that is where I see the beautiful bridging of spirituality and quantum physics really be working in unison right now to bring more fundamental foundational principles to say, yes, this is, this is part of the evolution of what's happening. And it's proving what psychics and soothsayers and fortune tellers and so much have been saying for, for so long. And so it's such, for mm -hmm. me, it's such an exciting, invigorating time to be alive, even amidst everything that's happening. I agree. I work with DNA a lot and mm -hmm. I watch DNA get resequenced especially if somebody has some kind of an illness like a cancer or a Parkinson's mm -hmm. or something like that. And I watch the actual strands of DNA. I watch the nucleic acids get rearranged, almost like watching a Scrabble game where letters are moved around to form a word. And I see the ATCGs and um, one strand can have a hundred thousand uh, letters can have a billion letters and I watch them get moved around. And then when it's resequenced back to a normal recipe, I watch it snap back into a chromosome. I also see a lot of stem cell energy used to heal body parts. It, it can regenerate and heal any body part that we want. It's really fascinating the things that we all have the ability to see once we learn how to do these modalities. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it's a uh, 
an adjunct. It's complementary to Eastern and Western medicine as we know it. It's part of the healing equation. Mm-hmm. Always remembering that nobody heals anybody else. We all heal ourselves. And whether you're a medical provider, or you're a, a healer, a shaman, or doing the work that I do or whatever, we're helping that person heal themselves in a way that is always up to their, what's their spirit's prerogative? You know, absolutely. what do they want to explore and experience in this lifetime? And going back to the concept that there's no good or bad, right or wrong in the spirit world, it's just an experience that makes sense to me. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating the things that we get to see in working together. I want to just, I want to speak to this because I love this is one of the my favorite things about speaking to people, right, that are very tuned into their abilities and um, and and just like the clarity that you're speaking to it as, as an empath, right? I can, it's like you're giving me the download or the view of how you see things and then I can see them, but then I know that there's like the transference of encoding and energy. And so that, it's just, it's so it's so exciting to me because I know that the transference of energy and by osmosis is happening so, so strong in the collective fields. And for those of us that are open to receive information from the infinite grit, from the, from the infinite consciousness, like you said earlier, this conversation that's, you know, is being recorded, but is also simultaneously sharing information in this unique moment with that collective field I I simply wanted to highlight that because when we open our awareness and simply say, yes, please, I'm open for, you know, that, that information that's for me, I'm seeing right now at this time, it's just so much more readily available than it ever has been before, given the current circumstances of of just where we're at, we're at as a trajectory of humanity progresses. It's so, it's so exciting for me. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just bouncing off of what you're sharing too. I love it. (laughs) Well, and the technology that we have developed over the past, you know, however long that enables us to share this stuff globally is phenomenal. And it's not necessary that we do it all through electronics. I mean, certainly the the indigenous people of Australia and lots more places have been communicating telepathically across vast distances for millennia. Mm-hmm. But te- technology sure helps us spread the word and educate people who aren't familiar with those different different cultures to say, okay, people have been doing this since forever and we can do it too. It's just a matter of learning about it and then just practicing. Practicing is the key. That's the key component. Why do you think we incarnate? Why do I think we incarnate? Oh my, I feel like there's like thousands of answers for that. Um, I would say the, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one to really focus on, because I do think that there is quite a bit of um, just subjective reasons to each individual incarnation, um, but ultimately is that we are here to to learn, that we are here to ascend. And what I mean specifically by ascend is to learn how to work with energy and how to work with frequencies in our physical bodies. I believe that spirits incarnate in all different religions, 
all different genders, all different levels of intellectual intelligence, all different things um, in a way that is specific to the evolution of humanity. And if we're just focusing here on this planet, that there are, I believe that there are a lot of beings who have volunteered from other planets, other um, dimensions that have come specifically to this planet to help the spirits and souls here that have gotten caught on karmic loops and haven't quite been able to um, learn and evolve in a way that, that, that serves peaceful ease, growth, harmony of, of collective nature. So I believe that that is the direction that we are going. I believe that some souls have incarnated because they're stuck on a karmic loop and they have a lot of lessons to learn. And I believe that some souls have incarnated here, um, whether you want to call it a bodhisattva vow, which is to participate in the evolution of humanity until all beings, all souls have evolved into the next level of their own peacefulness. Um, like you're saying, it's it's all an experience. Um, from what I have seen is that there are certain experiences that run on a loop until we evolve past them. And so that is where free will and the consciousness of the individual or the personality, the egoic mind plays a role in that evolution. So I do believe that there are kind of different different levels of awareness and different levels of consciousness that would be why a particular being or human incarnates at this time. And that's what I mean. Like it's a little subjective, but in conclusion, at the end of the day, I believe that all of it is to have a human experience and to ascend and learn how to master energy and master healing in the physical body. No matter what your divine purpose is, no matter what your specific lane is, it's like that that's unique to you. But I do believe that it has a lot to do with mastering energy. What a fun, informative, far-ranging, lively conversation we have had <laughs> together today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How can people learn more about you and your work? You know, I think the easiest place to go is is Instagram to find me at Satara Speaks. That's where I am most active. Um, also have a YouTube channel that's also Satara Speaks. Uh, those are the two best places to start. We also have a podcast and website at monadsociety.com uh, where you can find some information there. But again, Instagram is the easiest way to really touch in with me or my team or uh, just the most recent stuff that we're putting out there. Okay, terrific. And all of that's going to be in the show notes. We'll, we'll mention all of those. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. Sending you lots of love from Sweet Home, Alabama, and from Nevada, where Sitara is too. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. 
This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.